Welcome, everybody. This is the Script to Screen podcast with your host, Ken Carey, where three decades of proven experience has launched products, built brands, and generated profits. These are the stories behind the businesses that have been built. Thanks for joining us today. We have a lot of great information for you. First of all, if you're thinking about launching your product into retail, there are steps you absolutely must take in order to be successful. Like why TV is imperative to get your products into retail stores and how the right team can either make or break your product at retail and just how your first order at retail can surpass everything you've done in sales over the last two years. In this webinar, you're gonna learn why a great product can build a business and television can scale a business and build a brand. All right, so welcome to our Thought Leader Thursday webinar series. And I'm really excited about having a good friend, Brian Corlett with us. And Brian is, I call him a retail expert when it comes to bringing products and services to retail. He's done it for himself and his, several of his own businesses. He's starting up a really exciting brand that I'm excited about. Um, and so we're gonna talk about the importance of the retail aspect of a direct-to-consumer brand and how it all fits together because there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of thoughts that big brands have. And so let's just get right into it. Brian, how you doing? Great, thanks. Awesome. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, so Brian, let's before we get going, why don't, let's talk about your background, because I think it's it's really important yeah. to the audience to understand that we're talking to somebody who's not saying this is what you should do. This is somebody who's saying I've done it yeah. many times, and I'm suggesting it yeah. you do it this yeah. way. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I started back in the late '90s. So <laughs> in a while, um, and and I had an idea for a a product called the Pounds Off Bars, and at the time. Um, and pounds off bar was a was a weight loss meal replacement bar, and at the time, the only thing on the shelf really which dominated the meal replacement business was SlimFast. And SlimFast was a liquid; it was a powder and ready to drink. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I had a better mousetrap, which was a meal replacement bar. And, and so I, I I launched a product called Pounds Off Bars. Um, we, we started off; we were we were successful in getting distribution. Mm -hmm. And I had Ralph's and I had local stores here in Southern California, but it, it just sat on the shelf. And so I partnered with a group that, that produced infomercials. We produced an infomercial, uh, created the awareness of the brand, and then decided we needed to roll out to retail to, to recognize the full potential in the sales, right? But that's after how much money in so in, we, in in media yeah, and all that stuff. So we ran about a year and we were spending anywhere from a million to two million dollars a month on TV. Mm -hmm. So we, we had a successful infomercial. We, we built a successful brand in terms of creating the brand awareness. Um, and then nobody in our organization knew how to do retail. <laughs> so we said, we need to go to retail if, if we want to create a huge brand, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so we brought a guy in who was a seasoned VP of sales who taught me how to go to retail. And I was in my early 30s and I really learned how to launch a brand into retail from the pounds off business. Mm -hmm. um, and it was basically getting the right broker teams in place, the right sales teams in place, and then really understanding how to present to retail mm -hmm. and create a promotional strategy 
in a marketing strategy that would would ensure pull through off the shelf. Mm-hmm. So that that was my first brand, and then and then from there I I launched a number of different brands. I I did Lipazine, which we sold thirty five million bottles off the shelf. We were the number one diet brand um, at Walmart, and uh, consulted for a lot of companies. A lot of guys came to me that were TV guys at the time that said, "Hey, how can you help me get your retail?" And I had a, developed a really top tier broker network. So I had the top teams at Walmart, top teams at Target drug, mass, food, everywhere. So I would just put these brands into my network Mm -hmm. and teach these guys how to build a retail footprint Mm -hmm. and and a successful retail brand. The common thread of every brand that I've ever represented that was successful at the end of the day had a strong TV campaign behind it. The commonality of every brand that I tried to help go to retail that wasn't successful did not have strong TV. So that model has still not changed today. Mm -hmm. Even though everyone out there thinks TV's dead, it's not. So um, (laughs) the fundamentals are are relatively the same from when I started in the late 90s. Mm Now, now digital has become a more important part of that mix, mm-hmm. but the big retail brands are still have a strong retail campaign behind them. Mm-hmm. Now, D to C brands, there's there's the brand brands like the right. Keurigs and stuff like right. that, which are doing it in traditional. Right. But there's direct to consumer that's doing it a little bit differently, right? One hundred percent. So what we're seeing in you know from from the retailers. And the broker teams that I talk to, so when I have conversations with retailers or brokers, mm-hmm. they're still struggling with the digital-only brands. So th- they'll get a brand that, let's say a guy's doing 30 million D2C, no TV, just online, and they get into Bed Bath & Beyond or, or Target or somewhere, and everybody's expecting this big you know, pull-through off the shelf. Mm-hmm. And it's just not happening because their audience is very limited. And that audience, tends to be more of a um, of a digital audience that isn't really a retail audience mm-hmm. where TV is much more intrusive it's much easier to hit your audience mm-hmm. it's visual the commercials are 30 60 two minutes so you really mm-hmm. have time to educate the customer and mm-hmm. it's way and it's very scalable mm-hmm. it's hard to scale that digital spend big. I call that it's kind of a red ocean, right? Mm-hmm. There's this red ocean. There's uh, there's all these sharks in this one area, and you have to create a blue ocean. You have to create a brand within all this mess that separates out. And on a, on a digital platform, it's very, very difficult to do because it's almost like, here's my product. You should buy it. It's a transaction where television is like, wait a minute, here's the problem, here's the solution, this is why we're better, this is why we're different. Now you can understand, oh, I want this over the next one because, to your point, they've been educated. Right, 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 right. So, so I, you know, I've got companies that have come to me and they're digitally, they're just pure digital marketers, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are young, younger guys and they thought the end-all be-all was, um, I'm gonna have a great digital brand, I'm gonna have a great Amazon brand, right? Mm-hmm. But when they go to have their their liquidity event, I call it, their exit strategy, yeah. they get an awakening, right? They get educated. And and so these guys are a perfect example. They had a they had the number one liquid nutritional product on Amazon. 
They're they're spending six seven million a year on digital. They're they're doing great. They're doing a four to one return on their in investment, but they can't get above it. Mm -hmm. So they came to me and 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 said, "Hey, can you help us?" And I said, "Yeah, but but let me give you the facts, okay? You you have a very limited channel you're 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 marketing to and creating awareness, and to be successful at retail, you've got to expand your media channels, mm -hmm. right? You can't expect Google, Facebook, and Amazon to drive a retail brand only. You, you've got to have more. It's got to be a more diverse spend. Mm -hmm. And in the most effective way to grow your brand and grow your business is you have to develop a TV strategy along with your digital. And that will help your digital brand get bigger mm -hmm. and it'll create awareness to be successful at retail, right? But you've got to have that TV strategy or radio strategy combined with the digital. Right. And if you don't, your chances of succeeding are extremely low. At retail. Yeah. Now let's talk about, about a little bit um, about a TV strategy because for, for a lot of people, they're hearing this and they go, well, I'm just going to do a 30 second ad and I'm going to hire my advertising agency and we're just going to spend millions of dollars just obliterating the mm -hmm. television airwaves with brand, 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 but that's not the D2C model. Let's talk about the specifics right. of a D2C television strategy versus just, you know, a uh, equity right. strategy. Right. So there, there's, there's, there's really two types of companies out there that do a D2C. Okay. There's, there's the well-funded guys that are using a D2C to build a retail brand. Right. And they're willing to lose money. Mm-hmm on that D2C campaign. Right. But as long as they're getting most of their media dollars back, they see that as a win. Mm -hmm. Because if they went the traditional route, every thousand bucks they're spending is just going away. Right. So what, if you what, got and if you got no return on if you got investment. oodles of cash in your pocket, great. Yeah. Knock yourself yeah. out. And if you're a Procter and Gamble or one of those guys, you know, that's what they do. Yeah. Okay. If you're an entrepreneurial company or a company that's or <clears> has a smaller limited, size, smaller yeah. or, or just limited budget. Yeah. If you can figure out how to self fund and be profitable on a D2C direct to consumer campaign, mm -hmm. that's the ultimate. And that's what and that's what everybody's trying to strive for. Right. And then if you can spend enough per month to, to create enough awareness to, to become a successful retail brand. Mm hmm then then you've 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 hit the lottery at that point right right because because now you've you've got the revenues and the cash flow right to build something of huge value right and that's when the strategics start coming in and looking at you uh that's when the private equity starts coming and looking at you to, to acquire you and that's when you you hear about like these harry's being sold for shit for a billion dollars these yeah. guys they 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 had those exits once they created a big retail brand. Right. And so a lot of these retailers have used the pandemic like Bed Bath. Another mm -hmm. one. They closed stores. It was an excuse for these guys to sit back, take a breath, and really optimize things and, mm -hmm. and figure it out. So these retailers are coming back stronger than ever, right? They've, they've gotten more competitive on the merchandising. They've, they've really improved their online business where you can you know, buy online and pick it up at store level. Yep. So they're doing a ton of that. Um, so things are changing. So they're, they're still, you're, you're, they're still the big, those are the big players. Mm -hmm. To get into those stores, 
you've got to have the right sales team in place. Okay. So uh, Procter & Gamble has their own internal guys because they're a multi-billion dollar company. But mm -hmm. if you're a startup and you're going into the business, you've got to have a, a rep firm. And you got to have a rep firm that knows that account, has relationships with those buyers, mm -hmm. has relationships with the buyer's bosses, and is influential in getting your product into those accounts. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all these brokers are specialists. You got your Walmart guys down in Bentville, you got your Walgreens guys in Chicago, and so on and so forth. Right. But these were the corporate headquarters are these big right. chains. So let's say, for example, you want to get into a, um, uh, let's say you want to get a Walmart, right? Well, Walmart's got over 4,000 doors. They're the big, they're the big dog, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then you look at Target. Target's got 1,900 doors. You got to get a sales team in in Minneapolis. Just for Target. Knows Target, knows how to settle those buyers, knows how to present those, present the brand in terms of pricing strategy, building out a deck, mm -hmm. building out your media strategy, all those things. So you need those experts that really know those accounts. And a lot of these sales reps are, you know, it's the 80 20 rule, right? Yeah. 20% are great, 80% are not so great. Not so great. So you really need to know that network and know that they're tried and true and know what they're doing um, because those doors are big, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, look at GNC. I mean, I can go down the list. GNC is 3,000 doors, okay? But if you want to look at nutritional specialty, you got GNC 3000, you've got Vitamin Shop 780. And really what's happened is, is all these channels have been consolidated. So when I launched back at, in Pounds Off days, there were 12 drug chains I had to go present to all over the country. Now there's three. There's the two big guys, CBS, mm -hmm. Walgreens, and there's Rite Aid. That's all you need to do. You need to get a teams that can handle those three. Grocery's been consolidated. Mm -hmm. Mass has been consolidated. You know, and then you've got club. You essentially have three clubs. You got the two big guys. You've got Costco, Sam's, mm -hmm. and then you got BJ's on the East Coast. So there's really about eight to ten retail accounts that account for the majority of the retail's business mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we were talking about the other day was like, so you go, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, one retailer takes 50 to 100 products per door. And you, doesn't, you don't think that sounds like much, but then you compound that mm -hmm. by 3,000 and it gets mind-blowing. I mean, just, yeah. just the order alone is probably bigger than what these companies have been doing in two years on digital, just the first order. Yeah, yeah, so, so you know, exactly, right? <laughs> You're 100% right. I'm going to back up a second because we as a company at Scripture Screen, I can't tell you how many times a digital-only company comes to us and says, we need to scale. And then you start explaining to them and they're like, oh, no, we'll just go back to digital. And then they come back and they just, they don't, I don't know what, what it is. Some of them understand, some of them don't understand. But when you start talking to them, you have to, they need to understand and companies need to understand with a product or a service when it comes to a direct to consumer campaign. And I said it kind of, you know, nonchalantly there, but when you have a product where you're just another product in a category, I call that a red ocean. You're just another one in there. How are you going to differentiate yourself mm -hmm. in that red ocean? So people want your product and that's what, 
a really uh, seasoned, experienced direct-to-consumer agency can do. They understand how to present the problem, how your product solves that problem in, in a unique way, creating a compelling offer, having authentic testimony. There's, there's a, there is a, a uh, method to how that works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some digital uh, co only companies go, well, that's, you know, that's old DR, whatever. And I always say, and what do you want to do? Do you, do you want to scale? Cause that's what you need to do. And, and so my point is, is just having oodles of cash and saying, I'm just going to go buy a bunch of media in a 30 second spot or a 15 second spot is not the same as creating a compelling message mm -hmm. that solves somebody's problem with your product now. And then you become the leader in that category. You get media behind it your digital works together. Now you've got cash and you get to retail and people say, oh, there's that product I saw on TV. Now, the other competitors may draft off that, but you're still gonna be the big, yeah. the big guy, so right? What, so what we call that yeah. in, in, in the retail world is we're filling a white space, right? So there's a white space that exists and we're filling it. And the white space has already been proven to be a winner, DSC. Okay. Okay. So whether it's um, this a weight loss bar would be an example. A weight loss bar. Nobody. Or a weight loss it, pill. It, 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 it was a new. It was a new idea. It didn't exist at retail. Retail right. had slim fast, which is powders and. Right. And, you and, fill the white space. We filled the white space, and, and and it was a proven winner because we already proved we could sell successfully on TV. TV. So what? What the brokers always say, tell me is bring me a proven winner and fill that white space. And that's what you guys do a great job of is creating those unique selling propositions and solving a problem. It's a mm -hmm. problem solution. And you're creating those unique selling points that the consumer buys into and, and, and loves and mm -hmm. buys those products. Mm -hmm. and, then it, and then all you're doing now is creating a much bigger distribution channel. Yep. You're taking a very limited distribution channel, which is 20% yep. on D to C, and now you're now you're going into that 80%. So let's talk about, you said something to me the other day that, and I may get it wrong, but you said there's a reset in retail. What does that mean? Does that, like they come in, they reset, the, who's gonna yeah. be on the shelves? Yeah, and so, tell me so how that works. These, Cause it's a timing thing, right? Right, there's, there's, a, there's a timing thing. So. So, for example, let's say you're launching a, a beauty brand. Yep. So the beauty buyer at, let's say, Target, mm -hmm. has, has a, where she'll reset her shelf once a year. Because it's a big job. they got 1,900 stores. Right. So she'll say, so what she'll tell you is that she'll say, okay, my reset's in September. And, and we're reviewing new brands in April. Every year, once a year, it's like a scorecard. Right. Yeah. They're going to look at their top performing brands and keep them. And if anybody's falling below and the way that they they score is is movement per store per week. So in the beauty category, you might have to move at least one unit per store per week to maintain your shelf space. And if you're not doing that, you have you're at risk of getting they call it a discontinued. Mm -hmm. So you can have a discontinued item. Mm -hmm. So let's say she's got. 50 SKUs in her set. 
and she's going, okay, these are all my top performers. I'm keeping them, but I've got these 10 SKUs that are just not, the guys aren't supporting right. the brand. It's not moving off the shelf. They get, I'm, they I'm get gonna, the DC word. They the get the DC, man. They get DC. <laughs> they get discontinued. So the new brands come in, or, or it could be the existing guys that want to expand their presence. Oh, okay. okay. Or there's new brands that come in. Um, so what they like to see is they want to see the retailer. The retailer is like what they see. want to see is they want to see the TV brands and the brands who got media behind it, the new and exciting. Because what drives consumer to the shelves is not the old brands, it's the new brands. Right. So, the, so that's all part of the mix. But the timing aspect is that's why these brokers are so critical because they know when the resets are being done, they have the relationship with the buyer. They can get those meetings, get the presentation, make the reason for being on the right. shelf in it, create that story. Right. And then, so the buyer will say, okay, great. I, I reviewed it in April. That means I'll make my decision in July. You'll get an order in August and we'll have it on the shelf September, October. And the retail broker network understands that timing process. Yeah. Cause if you went in on your own, you don't know what their timing process yeah. is. You don't know what they're looking for. You don't, I mean. It, every, it, every category has a different reset, yeah. right? It, and it's a big job because they've got to send out bodies to the store. They got to reset. They got to put new new uh, pricing codes up. Right, you know? um, right. And and so there's a lot of work that goes into that. Uh -huh. and, then the, and then the retailer's got to put a big order in, right? So it's not just creating the message and creating the brand and creating the, desire it's also dovetailing with the buyer the broker network to know when to go in so it, it just becomes a whole different yeah. gorilla yeah it, and there is some so there's some retailers that are more flexible okay so gnc vitamin shop are more flexible uh bed bath is more of a flexible mm -hmm. some are very stringent the walmart's the targets mm -hmm. the drug uh, a lot of the food accounts, they have certain resets, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. it just takes a lot of labor. Sure, when you're talking to 4,000 stores. 9,000, whatever. Yeah. So, um, but there's also flex space at a lot of the big retailers. Okay, what is that? What's flex so, space? So we used to call it as seen on TV. Right. And now they've kind of, they're still an as seen on TV in a lot of these accounts. Um, but there's also, uh, what's trending they have different names for it mm -hmm. well they'll they'll move stuff in and out that's hot at the time mm -hmm. so instead of waiting until let's say let's Got say it. we had a great product now that we really want to get into beauty yeah but she we've already missed her review so we can't get back into target till april of next year yeah we might have an opportunity to go into the flex space buyer where it could Got either it. be the as seen on tv or what's trending or something right so there definitely is some opportunities, but you've got to have the right broker who knows those opportunities. And so, you have to have the right push. Yeah. So if there's something hot, if you're just crushing on TV and you want to push out your retail, there's definitely opportunities. But at, at the end of the day, you want to eventually get in line mm -hmm. in your specific category, mm -hmm. whether it's beauty, fitness, nutrition, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you want to make sure you're in line. Electronics, whatever that is, you want to be that inline everyday product because mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. how you build your brand. One of the things that I that I think people don't fully understand is that why does a retailer want a hot product? A, they want to sell that product. 
But when somebody is looking for a product that's been very successful, it's a hot product, if you will, and let's say Target has it there, Target is in the business of selling stuff. So when you go in to buy this pounds off bar, you may buy some vegetables, you may buy some diapers, you may, they want people in their store because if they go in for that one thing, chances of them spending a lot more money is a lot higher. And that and that's really yeah. what it comes down to. These guys are in the built the built business of selling stuff. Right. And that's I'm I'm excited about because we're talking about something like that of having that ability to take a brand, help them establish how they're going to be different, better out in the marketplace, a digital entity that's going to support that, and then a retail entity that's going to push it through. And then having all the analysis and analytics to run these businesses. And then eventually they can go off. You know, it's kind of like you can grow them up and let them go. If you, right? have, all, if you have the full package with the right sales team, your chance of succeeding in execution is extremely high. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're missing one of those elements, it now it drops. Right. Significantly, so might, not a little. You might have a great media group. You might yeah. have a great creative, but you've got a bad broker. Mm -hmm. And they're not. They don't have a relationship with the buyer. They don't really know the category. The buyer, the buyers look at really good brokers, is consultants. What should I be doing? Why should I bring this up? Ah. Because these buyers are so busy. They, a lot of them buy Interesting. multiple categories. Interesting. So really good brokers who've brought them winners. Right. They will. They Explain will, to him why this, where this will, fits. They are influential. And they're not just influential on the, on the, on the buyer, on the category manager. They're also influential on the buyer's boss who really at the end of the day is responsible for those revenues. So, so you really need to have the right team in place who can go above. I always say go above the buyer. Mm -hmm. you get a bad buyer and he's not really getting it. Those guys have the ability to go to the boss and say, you guys are missing out on a huge opportunity. And here's why. And right. push that through. Right. So you've got to have all, all your entire team has got to be tight. Mm -hmm. And that's the key to getting rich mm -hmm. in this business. Mm -hmm. And I think... The net net of that is, and it sounds so simple and it sounds like, well, of course, but it's not always as simple as said, is that work with experienced people that have been there, done that, and can do it over and over again. That should be the first bit of advice. Don't, don't work with somebody who's like may give you a really good price but don't have the experience and expertise in certain areas sometimes the sweetness of a low price doesn't equal the bitterness of a bad job right or that doesn't get you to what you want to do so it's not it's not like you got to pay more it's just you got to you got to think about who's doing what and what's the value of the service of that experienced media company what's the value of the experience and expertise of that creative agency what's the value of the experience of that that company that can do all the analytics and put all the pieces together the digital team and the retail broker network it's you know it's there's a value to it at the end of the day the value you get out of what you're putting into those team members is the is the thing that's going to let you, give you the ability to blow the doors so anybody who's watching 
or listening to this webinar mm -hmm. or as we turn it into a podcast. If they have a product or service, they're interested in maybe some retail and it might be something you can help them with, how would people get a hold of you, Brian? Well, they can either get a hold of me through you. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's script to screen. If you right. want to go out, that might be the best way to do it. Okay. Give out yeah. That contact information. Yeah. And then I can definitely get back to anyone. Right. Um, and just, you know, go through kind of a exploratory ideas right. session, you know? Right. What do you got? What are you trying to do? You know, try to figure it out. Right. But give you a very good, you know, I'll just give you my, my honest opinion of 25 years. I think it's pretty good. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's been it's been tried and true. Yeah, yeah, and so I I would love to you know I, I just love to talk to people anyhow. So yeah, I'm more than willing to uh, awesome give some free advice. Awesome, I, I think <laughs> to a certain degree. Yeah, but I I, I think I, I really appreciate that, Brian, because you know, and believe me, we'll touch it together in a way of like, okay, what 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 do we see the possibility here? What are you missing? Yeah, how could we help? And Maybe we can help you in certain places, and we'll tell you. But chances are, if you've got a good product, it's, it's, and I'm going to go back to that. A good product, great marketing will never make a bad product work. Right. It won't. It may get it in hands, but eventually that is going to break. So it's got to be a good product, and good marketing just kicks it up another notch. 100%. So. Awesome. 100%. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I look forward to the things we have together in stored. And uh, I hope this information is valuable. Um, I know it's valuable. Break it down. Think about the, the steps that Brian talked about and bringing best of class to what you need to do. And if you're not ready, that's OK. But when you are ready, the, he just laid out a game plan that has generated hundreds of millions of dollars. So yep. listen and uh, execute carefully. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Appreciate it. I hope this information was helpful. If you want to experience the power of what television can do to your sales today and in the future in retail, give us a call and we'd like to help you make 2022 your best business year ever.